Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hey, guys. Howdy. This is episode 20. Uh, I'm always pleased when we make it to these nice, round, divisible milestones. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this nostalgic journey. Hey, good news, guys. Our episode is almost 21, which means it's almost legally allowed to drink. There you go. What if they're Canadian? Well, then they've been going hard for a few years now. <laughs> On Canadian beer, really? <laughs> hey, what's wrong with Molson? <laughs> fair. <laughs> Literally, that, that's how that's how you're rating the beer is fair. <laughs> not, not, not poor, it's fair. <laughs> it's not Labatt. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if you missed last week's episode, you should really check it out when the gag and I talked about the Nintendo video game series Star Fox. Say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> do a barrel roll. Barrel roll. You can do that five times fast. <laughs> Truth. You can find that in all our past episodes at datingourselves.com, on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. We really appreciate our listeners' support, and we'd like to share some kind words left by one of those listeners on iTunes about our show. If you'd like to leave us your own five-star written review on iTunes, we would definitely love to read it on air as a way to say thank you. This week's five-star review is from someone whose name I cannot pronounce, so I'm going to spell it <laughs> awkwardly and slowly. It would help I if you apologize had vowels in, in your name. Yeah, vowels in the name would help. <laughs> if you would like to leave us a ironic five-star reply complaining about my pronunciation of your name, please feel free. <laughs> this week's review is from CRNJPN73. Good year, 73. Yeah. <laughs> it says, love me some 90s nostalgia. Don't we all? Yes. So thank yes. you, Corn Japan 73. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Um, Five-star reviews are always encouraged, so be sure to tell your friends about dating ourselves, whether or not we accurately pronounce your name as Corn Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and now, let's get it started. Oh, sorry. I'll calm down now. Uh, This week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on the 1992 Dream Team, which is not referring to the dreams I had in 1992. Oh, dear. The topic was was submitted to us by Jordan M., or commonly referred to on the show, Morden, of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thanks, Morden. Thanks, Morden. So, so back to these dreams. Yeah, I was just going to ask. <laughs> not that I want to know, but now I can't not know. <laughs> so how old were you in 92? Uh, just six? sit down on the couch. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Six? <laughs> six? Six, yeah. yeah. That seems younger than I thought. <laughs> well, you realize we're all the same age approximately, right? I forget this. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true of every person living on the planet right now. If you're I mean, basing it on like a, you know, rounding it to the nearest thousand, you know. That, that's fair, but he legitimately is the same age as us, just slightly older. He's like a couple months older than we are. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your 92 dream team? Um, uh, I don't know. Probably like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles throw in a little bit of Batman and... Bucky uh, O'Hare's got to be in there. Ooh, Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. O'Hare. <laughs> probably, probably a Transformer too. Uh, so were you the hero in these dreams, or were you being saved by the heroes? 
A little bit of both. <laughs> what was your hero name? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. I'll think of something clever later on. I, Actually, I always thought I always thought Adam looked a little bit like Syndrome from the uh, Incredibles. You know, so. I've got, I actually have gotten that on multiple occasions. And that is funny you mentioned that because there are completely like people that you would never have met that have told me I also look like Syndrome. <laughs> I don't know if I take that as a compliment or a uh, take offense to that. I guess it's better than uh, a actually a listener of our show. Uh, when we were in high school, once told me I looked like Haley Joel Osment, and I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Haley Joel Osment then, or Haley or now? Joel now? <laughs> well, I would, assume, I would assume then, considering this was 15 years ago. I'd take it as a compliment then. Yeah. Haley Joel Osment now, also known as Val Kilmer Jr. Oh, yes. oh. I know, I know. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he has put on a little weight. I'm sorry, Matt Mortigan. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, remember, don't folks, you shame the Iceman. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, hey, remember, folks, we're gonna we're, pick we're not, next week. We're not going oh. after. Sorry, we're not going after Val Kilmer uh, as Iceman. We're going after Val Kilmer as Batman because that's just unforgivable. That's the dumbest thing I've heard since Schumacher put nips on Batman. <laughs> David Schumacher from Economics. Uh, what was that thing we used to watch in high school? Uh, uh, Freakonomics, was it? No, it wasn't Freakonomics. It was like the Economics Today or Economics USA. Oh, with, that's right. With David Schumacher. <laughs> and Can't Richard believe you Gill. remember that. Yeah. Anyway, remember, we will pick next week's topic at the end of this episode. It's going to be Nostalgia Combat, folks. Nostalgia Combat! <laughs> Did I hear a wombat in there? <laughs> Good eye. <laughs> Good eye. Is, is this the new Nostalgia Combat, or is Nostalgia Combat slash Wombat the new, what is it, Laurel and... Hardy? Yanni? Oh. <laughs> no, what's that thing that's going around right now? Laurel yeah, and Yanni and Laurel or whatever? Yeah, Laurel and Yanni. I, Yanni, I there was, we go. I thought it was Laurel and Hardy. That's something different. So. Oh, yeah, so that's very different. <laughs> but isn't Yanni like that Greek singer? I think yes. so. Okay. So, I anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving Sorry, on we've gone off the rails a bit today. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are not in Star Fox 1 mode right now. We are, we are <laughs> off rails. So, Nostalgic Combat. It's going to be me with my good pal Bill Nye the Science Guy. And boo, Paul. Boo, boo. That's right. And Paul is going to have in his pocket the timeless debate between hot lunch and brown bag in it. Uh, Which means something completely different in your 20s. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Double bagging it. (laughs) So uh, we will also visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, to get another topic for Adam. But before we get there, we want to hear about some Olympic basketball. So what's going on, Adam? This is Olympics? I thought this was like Space Jam. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a little different. But so I'll, there's no Bill Murray in this discussion? No, Bill Murray. Sorry. Listeners, I apologize. I may have hyped this incorrectly on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't you got my notes right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me... I, I'm going to go uh, uh, John Madden style here and tell you a little bit about Olympic basketball. So Olympic basketball <laughs> is where you take a ball and you put it into a hoop. And whoever has the most times through the hoop wins the game. Ah, huh. 
Yeah, but it's Olympic, so it's even better than normal hoop ball. <laughs> hoop ball, my goodness. Hoop ball. Hoop ball. Hoop ball. <laughs> yes. So, uh, okay, so our topic is the 1992 Dream Team. Now, to understand the significance of the Dream Team, you have to go back to pre-1992. Much like a lot of the other Olympic sports, in the like up to the 80s, you weren't allowed... Uh, or, or a lot of countries didn't allow professional athletes into the Olympic teams. Hence how you end up with, for instance, the Miracle on Ice from 1980, where you had a bunch of college stars, like a bunch of amateur college kids from the United States, playing a quote-unquote uh, amateur team from the uh, Soviet Union that actually would have rivaled most NHL hockey teams at the time and probably could have beat most of the NHL teams at the time. And I, I think it's interesting that you're using the NHL as your example, too, because in this last Winter Olympics, there was no NHL athletes either because and it wasn't anything like the Olympic Committee didn't ban them or anything like that. Not like the, uh, what was it, the the athletes from Russia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was because the NHL, I mean, they, they suffered big time for those couple weeks. When, oh, yeah. You know, when at least a third of any players that anyone wants to see are all, you know, overseas somewhere playing these games. And most of them aren't even playing for the U.S. You know, they're playing from whatever country they they reign from. Originated right. from. Yeah, whether that's Russia. And Russia and... Poland and yes. Norway. Yes, Norway. So, um, no way for sure. Oh, uh, <laughs> I get it. So, anyway, uh, so uh, leading up to the 1992 Olympics, that was the case for basketball as well. There was no professional athletes allowed. However, in 1989, a group called FIBA, not FIFA, FIBA, which is the International Basketball Association. Uh, actually voted to allow NBA players to play in the Olympics. And so the first time that they were going to be able to put a team together was in the 1992 Olympics. And boy, did they come through big on this because (laughs) they really put together probably the best team to ever play on the court at one time. It's kind of insane, and we'll go through some of the stuff a little later on about the actual dream team but before we do that let's do a little trivia here we're gonna start out with paul here because we know paul's such a sports guy so paul (laughs) name at least one player from the 1992 olympic basketball team i'm gonna go out a limb and say magic johnson Hey, look at that. Not too shabby. Look Paul at you. Got one right. I thought for sure he'd be stumped at some point. <laughs> oh, I definitely will be. That's probably the only person I know. <laughs> Although, uh, is this where the whole Patrick Ewing thing comes in? It yeah, is. It is, yeah. yeah. That's so to give a little bit of feedback, a couple, about a year ago now, uh, we were playing a game and Patrick Ewing came up as a reverse answer to a question. And I looked at the card and went, who the hell is Patrick Ewing? <laughs> and I looked across the table at two ghost white faces that were stunned at the words that just came out of my mouth. Yeah, because it's you, not like Patrick never... Ewing 
You've never Let's... heard of Patrick Ewing? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he only... I, I don't even know what like the technical names for the court pieces are in basketball. <laughs> the court pieces. <laughs> <laughs> it's like chess. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's the uh, the knight and the rook and something else. Well, that's what that's what they call you your first year is the rook. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And then Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You actually got one right. Another one right. Good job. I'm I'm surprised. Wait. No, I was just saying that I know oh. he's a piece in basketball. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he well, was on, the on this team too. Yes, he was so. on this team. So Paul managed to get two of them right with Michael Jordan well, and Magic Johnson. Three. He had Patrick Ewing too. Oh, he did have Patrick Ewing. Okay. All right. We'll give him credit for three. That's better than I thought he would do. Considering this is like Shaquille O'Neal because I'm getting it right by screwing it up. <laughs> he was not on the dream team, so you he did screw not, it up. No, no. What about you, Brian? Who, who, can you remember some of the other uh, people from the dream team? Well, well, Carl Malone was on the team. Oh yeah, Carl Malone and uh, Scottie Pippen. Yep. And kind of the the biggest bad boy on the team because they didn't have any of the Detroit bad boys was Charles Barkley. Oh yeah. Yep. That's a whole thing we'll probably get into later about the uh, slight to Mr. Isaiah Thomas, which I don't, oh, don't want to yeah. get too far ahead in the script. But Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Shoot. By that point in time, wouldn't Barkley have been a coach? No. No. no he was, he was, he was, I think he had Was just, he still playing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he was still playing for Philadelphia at the time. He hadn't even been traded to uh, to Phoenix yet. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, this was like it uh, kind of just into his prime that uh, the dream team happened. I'm going to ask a lot of dumb questions during this conversation, so please feel free to tell me to be quiet. Now, somebody, <laughs> now there was someone on the team who had already retired, and that was Magic Johnson, and he was That's planning on playing another year or two, but then then he was diagnosed with HIV mm-hmm. and left the league. But how often so he, do you get asked to play in the Olympics? So he he made a, an exception for that, and the doctors right. cleared him, and so he he went to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, and this was uh, like he he retired only about give or take about six seven months prior to the Olympics uh, in November of right. 1991. So yeah, it hadn't been a long that he had been retired, but he was not an active player in the NBA anymore. Uh, and speaking of not active players in the NBA, there was another kind of surprise on the team. We'll, we'll go over some more of the people on there in a minute, uh, on the team in a minute. But one of the other big surprises from that team was they had a rookie, or not even a rookie, I'm sorry, it was a college senior that they had, they had to reserve a spot for an amateur player. And so they picked Christian Leitner to be on the team who was the kid that just you know maybe even a month or two prior to being selected on the dream team was the kid that hit it's called the quote-unquote the shot in the I believe it was the semifinals of the college playoffs that year where he did the uh, what would end up becoming known as the Michael Jordan shot where he did the turnaround jumper to win the game and, and seal their uh, national championship bid uh, with, for Duke University just you know weeks prior to this happening. So that was really cool. Stat-wise, was he a notable player, or was he just famous from the media from that? Pretty much that. I, he was good in college. He was Once he went to the pros, he was decent. 
I don't think he'd be like listed as like an all star or anything like that. He had a he had a solid career. And I don't remember how much court time he necessarily had during the Olympics either. Oh, I don't think yeah, he got very, a whole lot. I mean, no. he played, but he was kind of almost seen as a, as like an alternate. He, he was yeah, he was kind of a garbage time player. I hate to say it, but you know, it's with, with the dream team when they were getting up by quite a lot. That's when he would get his playing time. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so some other players that were um, involved, one that we've talked about on the show before, Larry Bird, is a def- definitely a big deal. Now, who was the guy <laughs> on the team that I was watching this documentary about <laughs> them, and they got stuck in traffic on the bus, and he was the oh, only guy that yeah. got off the bus, and literally no one recognized him because he wasn't Michael yeah. Jordan or Charles Barkley or someone that's, like, yeah. super memorable. That, that was poor Wayne Knight. Wayne yeah. Knight, yeah. No, that was, <laughs> Newman! That, that was poor John Stockton of the Utah Jazz, who actually was a phenomenal player. And mm-hmm. like him and Carl Malone used to tear it up in Utah. But that poor dude, yeah, they, they got stuck in traffic. And he decided to get off the bus and walk around with his son and see the city and stuff. And he's literally wearing a shirt of the dream team with a picture of himself on it. And all these people are like, Oh, I love Michael Jordan or I love magic Johnson or I love uh, Larry bird. And they're going, he's like sitting there, like basically practically doing all, but pointing directly to his shirt saying, Hey, who else do you like from that team? And they're like, Oh, I don't know if I could name anybody else. And even poor John Stockton's kid was like pointing to the shirt and saying, that's my dad in the, the person talking to him still didn't get it. (laughs) It was so awkward. And then uh, there also was Chris Mullen on that team, who was the only person that when we went and watched that documentary, I had to go, Oh yeah, I remember him. Like all the other ones are, uh, all the other names on that team are, you know, all stars or like future all stars for sure. And then there was Chris Mullen, who I was like, who? Right. Oh, right, right. The dude that has kind of the weird, like, army buzz cut thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> who yeah, are, so who are besides, we missing? Yeah, who are we missing? Yeah, so besides the people that we've mentioned already, uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Admiral David Robinson from the oh, yeah. uh, San Antonio Spurs. And then there was Clyde the Glide Drexler. Yep, and yep. Uh, that really kind of hits all of them because we mentioned Stockton and Mullen. So yeah, I mean, you had on one team you had Christian Leitner, uh, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Clyde the Glide, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, and Magic Johnson, which truly is probably the best team to ever take the court together. They were. Like all of those players on their own were unbelievable, and then to take them and put them together on one team really was truly something that was magical for everyone to watch during that time. Yeah, coached by Chuck. Yeah, uh, Chuck, and then actually one of the assistants on that was a very young Mike Krzyzewski, who's been the one of the winningest coaches in NBA. Or uh, I say, I'm, sorry, I, in college, I'm never going to remember NCAA. that name. Can I just call him Coach K for short? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Krzyzewski from Duke, yeah. uh, who's one of the one of the all time winningest coaches in college basketball, uh, and is a, a definite class act. You know, with all the scandals that have happened in the uh, the years past and stuff, he's definitely 
Did you say winningest? Winningest? Winningest. Winning? Is that an actual word? Yeah. Sadly, it is. Uh, it is, actually. <laughs> it makes yes. no sense, but it is a word. <laughs> then why can't funner be a word? Well, only if it's funnerist. Um. There you go. <laughs> so, anyway, so, uh, I mean, obviously, that is a pretty epic team to field right there. But it didn't necessarily come quickly to them, too. Because if you think about it, these guys had been enemies for a I mean, you had people that were teammates like Carl Malone and John Stockton. It's obviously Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen are probably one of the best one-two combos ever in basketball uh, and, and stuff like that. But it didn't come naturally for them to necessarily work together because a lot of them had very contentious on-court feuds. Not that they like disliked each other, but all of these guys were super competitive and we're going to go out and give their all against the other team. They're going to shut down the star so that their team right. won and stuff. So it, it wasn't not something that necessarily came easy for them. And uh, in that documentary we're watching, you could kind of see that the first game or so that they played, not in actual tournament play, but like when they first started practicing and stuff like that, they, they you know, didn't quite have it right away. Uh, it, it took a little getting used to. Well, and I think that that's kind of the genius of someone like Chuck Daly. So for those who aren't familiar with him, so he obviously, as I already mentioned, was the coach of the 1992 Dream Team, but he also had led the Detroit Pistons to back-to-back championships in 89 and 90. Um, so this guy was no one to be messed with. And, you know, uh, the team that Detroit had in the late 80s, early 90s with their bad boy unit and everything like that, they were a very notoriously difficult team to coach because they had a lot of attitude, but more than attitude, they had talent and potential. And that's kind of something that Chuck Daly was really good at getting out of players. And so with this Olympic team, he didn't tell anyone until after this game, but it was, you know, these Olympic hopefuls and this team of some college players and they ended yeah. up l- losing the game to the college players because yep. of the way he was coaching the game. He intentionally left people off the court like Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, who when a oh, game yeah. starts turning sour, they turn the heat up. Well, they're on the bench and they're leaving it up to the other guys to try and figure out. It really kind of helped put their egos in check and let them know that like, you're going to be playing against teams. that are going to be way harder than a bunch of like college juniors yeah. And well, and actually that team, that that college team that they put together wasn't just some random scrubs that they pulled off the court. They were I mean, they're they're guys that were future Hall of Famers once they got to the NBA. Uh they you know, like uh they had Grant Hill who yeah. is obviously one of the greatest players of that generation, Anthony or Penny Hardaway. Uh, who eventually had a legendary career with the Orlando Magic, Chris Weber, who had just come off of uh, the the uh, University of Michigan uh, runs in the championship and stuff. So, like, this wasn't just guys that they were putting together. They picked guys specifically to represent the the toughness of the teams that they were going to face, even though. It, the teams that they faced didn't look all that tough once you see the actual scores of the games, but the, the just that style of play and that that scrappiness that those teams had. Right, right. So, you know, to, 
talking about that game, then you had, uh, like like Brian said, you had this c- kind of concerted effort by him to check their egos and get them to realize that hey, we kind of need to work together. And once that happened, they they kind of took a different approach to the the game and and started working together more and kind of realized, hey, you know, we're not we're not enemies anymore. We need to work together if we're going to do well and represent our country. Right. Uh, we're doing this for the U.S. and the Mike Ditka sponsorship dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> always always got to get that Mike Ditka money. <laughs> so so uh, after the f- couple of scrimmages and after the uh, that that game against the USA Select team, they then went to I believe it was like up in Portland or Washington to do a tournament of the Americas, which was a tournament basically of the the U.S. team plus all of the other teams that were going to represent the United States. So like Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, all right. those teams. And that was a fairly clean sweep of that, and we'll get to one of those games in particular a little later. But it was a pretty clean sweep of that particular tournament. Like, there was no real issues or anything there. And so then it was time to go to the big stage and perform on the national level and see how that worked out. But uh, Global level, you mean? International. International. International, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so... So uh, before we get into that, is there anything else, like any other thoughts, things you guys had from that particular period or anything that you could think of? I have piston beer mugs. Sometimes people don't even notice. <laughs> that is a <laughs> that is a wonderful Bob and Tom reference right there. If, if you guys have never heard that song, that is a classic Bob and Tom right there. Oh, that's terrific. Well, I do have a question before we go to the next yes. segment. And yeah. um, so on an international scale, I only know basketball really from the United States, North American perspective. So internationally, who might the contenders be? So at this time, there was really no major contenders. However, there was a couple key players on the Croatian team yeah. that were kind of to be watched to you know because they were really and, up and coming and, I, and who was who was their big star player adam i'm i'm, I'm the, blanking the the uh the guy that they were really going after the nba was going after was tony kukoc kukoc who, that's it yeah who uh it actually ended up being kind of a positive for him that he ended up playing for croatia in that because one of the teams that was really looking at Tony Kukoc is becoming an integral member of their team was the Chicago Bulls. And it just so happened that their two best players, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, were playing for the USA national team. And so they kind of were told when they played Croatia two times, they actually played them twice in the tournament. Yeah, because they had to play and, in the finals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they told them, you know, go out there and see what this kid's made of. And so this poor kid took a beating for the two games that he played and they were just on him like a hawk but they eventually gave him the thumbs up because they said you know we like the his grit and we like his determination he never gave up he never right you know he faced a lot of adversity against you know a future legend in the basketball game and probably one of the best like one two combos ever in basketball and 
he he kept going and he did what he needed to. So that was pretty cool to see them kind of or him get that opportunity on the level that he did. Yeah. At this period in time, had Michael Jordan yet achieved godlike status or was he still an up and Actually, that that brings up a kind of an interesting point about this particular era. So Jordan was the up and comer on this team for sure but this is 92 so he had been playing with the bulls i think he was drafted in like 86 87 don't quote me on the on the year there so he had been around for a while but he certainly was not like michael jordan like we know him today the the you know perennial all-star and and you know probably the greatest player to ever lace up shoes on the court but Really, this this particular team and this tournament really was kind of seen, especially by guys like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, who were those guys prior to Jordan and were kind of in the twilight of their careers. This was really seen as kind of the passing of the torch to Michael Jordan. Like you're you're the guy now. You're you're it. You're the guy that's going to carry the NBA now in the United States. Yeah, uh, so he was drafted in 84. Oh, 84, okay. And at that point, I think they had won... Had they won two championships with him at that point? Um, I will or was it just check. one? Or was it just one? Because I know they won in 92. I just didn't remember if it was before or after the Olympics. I think I it, that I was it, their first one, because I think they won 92, 93, 94. He took a few years off, and maybe, yeah. I forget. Um, I because I know they won six total with Michael Jordan, so and never lost a single one that they made it to the finals in. But somehow people are saying LeBron James is better. All right, throwing fire, throwing fire. <laughs> don't don't get me started. This is going to be a really long, <laughs> long drawn out aside if we get into that. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, so Michael Jordan was definitely a star in his own right. But he had not become, like, the Wayne Gretzky of basketball yet. Right. So. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the tournament then proceeds on where the United States takes on the global superpowers such as Angola, Croatia, Germany, Brazil, Spain, Puerto Rico, Lithuania, and then Croatia again in the championship game. Now, these games did not go particularly well for the teams that we faced in the in the right. tournaments. Uh, he says little... we like he was on the team. <laughs> I was. That, that was actually my dream in '92. I, 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 I was the other one. I was the amateur. Christian Leitner didn't exist in my dreams. I was the amateur. But point guard out. or uh, point guard? <laughs> yeah, I was I was the point guard. Yeah, <laughs> at six I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I I also was the towel boy because they wouldn't let me on the court at six years old. Surprise! There you go. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, so these games were a little one sided for sure. Like for instance, the opening game of the tournament for the United States, we faced Angola. The final score of that game was 116 to 48, which gave us a victory margin of victory of 68 points. 
Oh, okay. I was just going to clear that up for Paul that Angola did not come out on top <laughs> for that. Yes, no, no, no. Angola did not score. They came in second points. place still, in that game. <laughs> I'm still hung up on the fact that there was a German basketball team, and I'm picturing how terrifying that must have been. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, you know, five like buff German dudes, probably <laughs> tall, screaming at each other. That is damn intimidating. Seriously. And I've got they, nothing against never, German people. Just, just if you've ever if you've ever been in a room full of German people when they're, you know, talking at their their version of a soft whisper, which is the equivalent of yelling, uh, it can be a little bit intimidating if you have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, they could just be saying something as simple as like, hey, nice job on that play. But it would sound absolutely terrifying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, German is a very harsh language for sure. So then we we played Croatia after that. We won 103 to 70, so the margin of victory was only 33 points in that particular game. Then for the next few only games... Only 33 only, points. Only 33 <laughs> points, yeah. They, Croatia put up a good fight in that first game. We were tired. It was a Friday. We apologize. <laughs> and, and you know, that honestly is probably p- partly true because there was a part in that documentary we were watching, if you remember, Brian, where they were talking about how like Jordan didn't sleep for like several days at a time. He well, whenever, would, yeah. Whenever he wasn't practicing, he was golfing. And whenever he wasn't golfing, he was like exploring the streets of Barcelona. And like, I mean, he was constantly moving on the go and then he would come back and all of his like teammates want to play cards they want to go out to a club they want to do all these different things he would never stop moving it's just crazy the the level of energy that guy had seriously that like just thinking about that schedule it makes me tired and i kind of want to curl up into a ball and go to sleep right now so you guys finish out the discussion i'm gonna go to bed now (laughs) (laughs) all right brian what happened next (laughs) (laughs) well um I still think one of the most important aspects of the game is that one of the best players in the NBA was left off of the list. Oh, yes. This is the big controversy here. This is what Brian was alluding to earlier. So tell us a little bit about that, Brian. Yeah, so a lot of people will compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James, but similar comparisons have been made with Steph Curry and a young man named Isaiah Thomas. Not to be confused with the Isaiah Thomas that's currently on the Boston Celtics, but he played for the Detroit Pistons. Although, quick aside, Thomas doesn't play for the Celtics anymore. He got traded. All right, so I'm, I'm a couple months behind, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's actually gotten tw- traded twice this season, actually. So. Jeez, that's crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know that that's where he was putting up all the big numbers was in Boston. Yes, so. yes, yes. Um, But yeah, so... For whatever reason, and there's there's some controversy around what might have actually went down, he was never even asked to be on the team. Uh, and there's some speculation that that may have been because Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, particularly Michael Jordan, requested that he not be on the team because a lot of times in those playoff runs for those two consecutive years where the Pistons won the NBA championship – they had played Chicago at some point in those playoff series. So and they they had been rather tense games for sure. What the, that rivalry at that time was like the big rivalry. Like you know, it was it was the early 90s version of like the Lakers Celtics. 
uh, essentially. Like they, right. they were some very tense and uh, often. So was this a sportsman like rivalry or like a slobber knocker type rivalry? Oh no, this was kind of a slobber knocker kind of rivalry. Yeah, uh, yeah. they they would they would. Fa- I mean, th- this is back in, and this is one of the things i don't like about the nba nowadays is they've softened it so much like you're not allowed to hand check you're not allowed to and and certainly they did need to get control of it because back then like you literally could basically like elbow somebody in the face and they'd be like nope no foul it's fine it's cool uh and there was some i mean you could you could legitimately in the like 80s early 90s 80s even in the 70s you could there, there was about a 50-50 chance that you were going to walk off that court spilling some blood somewhere. Because they, they would just let you basically do whatever at that time. Right, and, right. And, and so, yeah, they, these were some contentious games between these two. And, and, you know, this is right in the heart of the bad boys. So you guys uh, got guys like Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman and all, all the guys that really made up that core. And... They, they were tough, 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 tough people to play against. And, you know, when you're getting played tough, when you're when you're getting hit, when you're getting elbowed, when you're getting tripped or whatever, you're going to start getting a little little upset about that. You're going to start taking it out a little bit. And so they, they really could turn into some very, very violent games. And there are certainly uh, tensions between Michael Jordan and uh, Chuck Daly as well because he coached the Pistons during that time mm-hmm. period. For sure. And... For whatever reason, when they when they got across the pond, they started golfing together all the time, and it was just kind of a way to be like, you know, Mike, I know uh, we've we've have a history, but we're on the same team now, and we need to try try and be I, I want to say collegiate, but that's not the right word. <laughs> cordial. We want to be cordial, cordial yeah. with one another, and and so that to me is kind of one of the most interesting dramatic aspects of the '92 Dream Team is that you had some really terrific players, but one of the arguably one of the best players out of that time frame, especially considering Michael Jordan had not fully hit his potential yet, was Isaiah Thomas. Not even been invited, not even been considered, is kind of crazy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's one of those things that will definitely be a controversy for uh, you know a long time. For, for Pistons fans for sure and, and just general fans of the game because he was kind of the dominant player at the time as Michael was kind of working on hitting his stride in the in the game. Now you had mentioned like hand checks and and people spilling blood on the court. I think it was during the Angola game, right? That there was an issue with, with Charles Barkley. Yeah, yep. Charles Charles got a little a little a little excited during the game. Uh, we'll say as only Charles can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so do you want to kind of fill us in what what happened with that? I mean, kind of, kind of the the, the long and short of it is that he felt that Angola was playing really tough, kind of dirty defense, really mm-hmm. getting in his space and things like that. And there's not a whole lot of film evidence to back that up, but. True whatever happened he eventually got fed up with it and elbowed another player in the face (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) and that was clearly caught on film and saw by thousands of people in attendance and millions of people watching around the world 
and that kind of spun out of control uh, in a kind of a media crisis because this is the big team that everybody's watching in every sport. It's the American Basketball 1992 Dream Team. This is the team to to like have all the cameras. All it's a it's a spectacle. And when Barkley did that, it was kind of like. So these American pigs come into yeah. this European city of, you know, historic culture and excellence and just start beating the shit out of people. It was yeah. kind of it didn't make kind us of look a good, big deal. Sure. Yeah. No, definitely not. Played into a lot of stereotypes that Europeans had about America. Still do well, to a degree, but especially in the 90s. Yeah. That was definitely uh, Well, one well, a big a big piece of that too. Uh you know these guys. These guys are intense when they play. You know these are the best of the best. These are some of the most competitive people in the world at the time playing. You know basketball. The people. You know they're they're going in and they're like, yeah, we got to be angry at these guys and we got to want to win and all this. These people that they were playing against looked up to these guys, the the dream team, just like every fan that was watching from America did. And so there's pictures, videos, stuff like that that they have in that documentary that we watch where like literally during a game you have a player from the other team holding up a camera taking pictures of the dream team in action from the <laughs> sidelines. Like they were actually laughing about it and it cuz it's like how do you get like psyched up to beat this team when they're so freaking excited to meet you? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like during free throws and things like that. A lot of times you'll get high fives for all your teammates and stuff like that. And they're giving high fives to the opposing team. It's like, <laughs> that's Carl Malone. I'm definitely giving him a high five. Are you kidding? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was really funny to watch. But I mean, you got to think about it because these are, uh, so a little historical context coming from the history people here. You know, this is 1992. Communism had just collapsed in Europe. And so the, a lot of this was kind of the first taste of exposure to like big pop culture stuff in a lot of the former Soviet republics. So a country like Croatia, uh, you know, being able to come uh, or Lithuania, like all of a sudden being able to come over and see these American sure. basketball players or you know, even Angola or Puerto Rico or all these other teams that we played. Yeah, so it, it was a big deal for these other countries' players to be playing on the same court as our team. It's kind of the, I, I guess it's a little different, but it would be kind of similar to the reverence that was had for the Soviet hockey team in the 1980 Olympics, how they sure. were just kind of seen as this undefeatable, you know, juggernaut in hockey. We were kind of the same deal. It was like, oh my god, like these guys are amazing. These are the best players in the world. Look, it's you know John Stockton. Although poor John Stockton never got recognized by anybody, but you know I'm sure he got over it eventually. I'm I sure. still have it I'm though. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like who? Uh, who? <laughs> John Stockton never heard of him. <laughs> now you uh, you had mentioned earlier, and I don't know if. I can't remember if you actually went into this or not, but there was a story you were going to tell from the Nationals game uh, in Portland oh. before before they went to the Olympics. Yes, I'm going to have to hold on, uh, off on that, though, because that kind of pertains to something a little later in the episode. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. But thank you. Thank you for the reminder. I do appreciate it, but I don't want to give it away just yet because that is going to come up. Uh, there is going to be a question involving that in a little bit here. I see, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Cool. So, uh, Rosebud. <laughs> yeah, yes, Rosebud. <laughs> so uh, they go on, and uh, basically the rest of the tournament is a breeze. You know, after the victory over Croatia by 33 points, we go on to beat Germany by 43, Brazil by 44, Spain by 41, Puerto Rico by 38, Lithuania by 51, and then we beat Croatia again, this time 117 to 85, giving them a slightly less smaller margin of victory than the last time with 32 points. So we we pretty much sail through the rest of the tournament after that, and yeah, you know, there wasn't that much, big of a deal after we won it. Because I think a lot of teams in a lot of countries expected us to win it. But just seeing that team together on the court was truly an experience that was unforgettable. And, and I definitely remember watching those, you know, even though I'm six year, you know, I was six years old at the time, I remember watching those games on the TV and watching these guys represent the U.S. and represent the best in the world at basketball at the time. Yeah, I'm actually, I pulled up a uh, some statistics from the game. Did you know that Charles Barkley had a 711 in terms of percentage of shots made? Dang! Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like, there's a bunch of people that are, like, over 500. A couple that are even over 600, but he was over 700 shots, or, you know, 700 <laughs> of 1,000 made. So that's that's incredible. That's that's a hell of a statistic right there. Yeah, unreal. Well, and uh, Barkley was kind of funny too because during this whole run, he just go out and walk around town, and he's definitely a guy that sticks out. He's very tall. <laughs> he wore very exuberant clothing, like he was always wearing stuff that definitely made you stand out like a sore thumb when you're walking around. Barcelona, Spain. Yeah. Like think, yeah. think of how Eddie Murphy dressed at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And and so you have him walking around. They said it was just a, like the guys would be, the other teammates would be in the hotel, and all of a sudden they'd hear from outside their window, ah, ah, they'd, they'd look out, oh, yep, Charles is just walking around again. <laughs> like all the people going crazy seeing him. For a person of that size being in a, you know, historic city where it's been my experience in places like that, the structures tend to be a little bit tiny. <laughs> Could you imagine how uncomfortable that oh, would be? Seriously. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah, most guys- like comfortable time he has is literally being on a charter bus. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never been comfortable on a bus ever. <laughs> oh god, no. No. So Anyway, that I mean, that's kind of the big thing with the the uh, dream team. Now they did kind of repeat this four years later when they went to the nineteen ninety six Olympics. And just real quick to run through the list of names here because this one is incredible too. You had Charles Barkley again, Anthony or Penny Hardaway, who was one of the guys that played in that uh, on that college team against the the dream team prior to this Olympics. You had Grant Hill from the Pistons. You had Carl Malone. You had Reggie Miller from the Pacers, another Hall of Famer. Hakeem the Dream Elijahwan from Houston, who actually I live just down the road from his house. He he lives just a few miles down the road from me. Crazy. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, 
from the Magic, Gary Payton from the now defunct Seattle Supersonics. Supersonics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gary Payton and, oh, who is the other guy? Is it Sean Kemp? Sean Kemp. I was going to say, I'm going to kick myself for not remembering that name because I love Sean Kemp. And then, of course, Scottie Pippen, uh, Mitch Mitch Richmond, that's an unfortunate name, from the (laughs) Sacramento Kings, David Robinson, and John Stockton. But if you notice, there is a very considerably large name that's not on that list. I'm Mitch Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what? (laughs) Uh, So if you noticed, one name that I didn't call on there was Michael Jordan, who at that time was in the midst of his retirement from the NBA and was playing baseball for the Birmingham Barons, the double-A. I have his rookie card. Do you really? (laughs) I do. Nice. Yeah, so the Birmingham Barons are the minor league, the Double A minor league affiliate for the Chicago White Sox. I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, yeah. So uh, that's kind of all the main things I had for the Dream Team. What about you guys? Any last thoughts or stories, remembrances? Uh, no, I think we covered pretty much everything in in my head. Um, you know, as, as a Pistons fan, not having Isaiah Thomas on the team was was kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, and he got, he actually got uh, you know left off both dream teams. Yeah, I don't remember if he was still playing by '96 or not. I don't remember. I don't but, remember either. But yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, because I don't I don't think because at that point that would have been when Grant Hill was very up and coming for the Pistons. So I think oh, Isaiah sure. would have yeah. probably been out at that point, but yeah. probably the best, probably the best three point shooter of that generation. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to see him versus his prime versus Steph Curry in his prime in a three point competition. That would be unreal. Uh, according to statistics, uh, Isaiah shoots better. So I don't know. Really? Yeah. According to the statistics, I mean, nice. Nice. I, I think Steph Curry still got a few more years in him though. So he might end up passing him, but yeah, but yeah, I think that's kind of the main things that, and just the level, like, like you said, this is an iconic moment for the United States, but it was also one of the first opportunities. A lot of the world even got to see the Olympics, much less what American sports look like. And kind of what that mm-hmm. combination of the two looked like. Oh, you really yeah. necessarily get that when you're behind the iron curtain you know well and think about the just the level i mean i'm sure yeah obviously basketball was around in those countries before this they wouldn't have been you know been fielding teams had it not been around but to to watch like you know countries like angola and brazil and spain and puerto rico play against the dream team i mean you're watching guys that are pulling off fake passes and, and you know, dunking and doing all these crazy tricks during the game. And then you have these poor people that are on the other side just trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Those shoelaces don't tie themselves, you know? So, no, they do. So I, I have another ignorant question as we're wrapping up. Ooh, because yes. we've talked about Dennis Rodman a couple times. And I, I I know Rodman because of, you know, his media antics. and He's crazy? Know, his, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, but I don't know much about basketball. So a lot of times when we're talking about players of the era, his name comes up, but in skill level or statistics, where does he rank in comparison to some of these other persons? He would be like definitely a 
above the like I don't know if he would have been on the same level as a lot of these guys offensively I would say defensively he is probably one of the best players ever uh, yeah, on he, he's got some of the best numbers in terms of rebounds and that that was really his strong suit just because he was so tough under the under the post you know he'd just get under there and he would just fight to get that ball back and so I think a lot of his skills came on the defensive side rather than offensive side yeah and he had a, a quite a big presence in Detroit but it wasn't until he went to Chicago that he really kind of became you know, the, right. the, like like Heath Ledger's depiction of the Joker. You know, <laughs> um, he kind of really became a nut job once he well, went over there because at that point everyone already knew that he was like serious business, and he kind of let that get to his head. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, he joined the NWO, man. Yeah, That's he did. everybody was That's in the true. NWO. But, but his his <laughs> like when he was with the Pistons, you know, he just had like brown hair or blonde hair or whatever. By the time he got to the Bulls, that's when he started like dyeing his hair leopard print and green and all that kind of stuff. And that's when he... a magazine he posed on where he like was in a wedding dress. I'm trying to remember what that... I forget, but he legally married himself at one point. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, and then he got married to some supermodel or... Uh, Carmen Electra. That's yep. right. Yep. You're correct. Yeah. Carmen Electra. Oh, that lasted. I, I pay attention to the things that are important to me. <laughs> <laughs> their, their true love lasted for a whole year from 1998 to 1999. There you go. I really, I really thought that marriage was going to make it. <laughs> right up the, with her and Dave Navarro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess that kind of wraps us up here. Well, since that wraps up our discussion on the 92 Dream Team, uh, now we're moving on to Nostalgia Wombat! <laughs> yes, it, it's actually combat. <laughs> I just want to come Dang in here real quick. <laughs> Dang sir, it, I couldn't... Sir, it's Nostalgia Combat. <laughs> <laughs> sir, well, we your Nostalgia Wombat has gotten this again. <laughs> when we leave this, I'm going to bust out my tablet, pull up Photoshop, and it's going to be a while. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. So I've devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is the closest will get to lead their chat next week. As a reminder, Paul has school lunches and Brian has Bill Nye, the science guy. Are you guys ready? Ready. The answer is four. Mm, you're a little off. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you should uh, hold him to that. <laughs> so, the, the question I have. So, as I mentioned earlier, there was something I was going to bring up about our run in the Tournament of Americas, the tournament prior to the Olympic run. So, in the, I believe it was the first game of the tournament, we played, uh, I, I'm going to leave the other the other team's name out in case there's a tiebreaker. But uh, we, we played a team from the Americas that had the widest margin of victory for the United States. How many points did we beat that team by? <laughs> more than four. Uh. <laughs> more, more than four, for sure. No, he answered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so... Go, go ahead, Paul. Why me? This is Olympics and basketball. At this point, I'm just excited to talk about Bill Nye next week. <laughs> we um, could be talking about hot lunches. You never know. You never know. 
I am going to say 50 points. Okay. I'm going to say 43. Paul was closer on that one. <laughs> the the margin of victory for that game was again uh, was 79 points. Oh my. <laughs> the, the final the final score to that game was 136 to 57. Does anybody want to take a crack at guessing which American team that was we played? Guam. <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, totally. Philippines? No, it was Cuba. 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 We beat Cuba by a hundred. Or no, sorry, by seventy-nine points. You know, I've been to Cuba, and I don't recall seeing one basketball court the entire time I was there. <laughs> That's probably why they got beat by almost 80 points. Lots of Chevy Bel Airs. Not a lot of basketball courts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw a lot of Russian cars. <laughs> That's true, too. Saw a lot of people playing baseball. Saw a lot of people fishing. Wait, hold on. Did, did those Russian cars drive you? <laughs> <laughs> they could have. <laughs> But not one basketball court. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Uber. Oh. Uber. They would drive you. Oh, could you imagine if they had Uber in Cuba? I think I would never leave the airport. I would just be like, okay, we're going to call another Uber and see what comes. Yeah. <laughs> El Dorado. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, although, if it was, if Uber was in Cuba, would you have to call it Cuber? Oh dear! Oh dear! You've been cut off. For for, for 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 those of you who don't get the reference, uh, at, you know, during the 1960s, John F. Kennedy was president. He had a rather thick, uh, like Irish American accent, uh, like the Bostonian accent, I guess. And he would often refer to Cuba as Cuber. Cuber missile crisis. Yes, the, the Cuber missile, missile crisis. crisis. Yeah. <laughs> well. There you have it. I win. <laughs> we will be uh, we will be pointing out the sights in the land of hot lunches next time. All right. Brian still has Bill Nye the Science Guy in his pocket, and now we need to visit the Hopper of Imagination for Adam to get a new topic. Get in the Hopper. <laughs> get in the Hopper. So we want to rem- <laughs> So we want to remind all of our listeners that if there is a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, you can submit those at our website at www.datingourselvespodcast.com. All right. So I have three different topics, all from different categories. I'm going to share those categories with Paul. He's going to tell me which one he wants, and then I'm going to tell him what the topic is. You mean Adam? I'm the one that's picking. Oh, wait. Yeah. I'm going to tell Adam what those topics are. (laughs) (laughs) Show me potato salad. <laughs> Is it up there? Uh, all right. You guys need to wear name tags, I tell you. Um, so. We are. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we've known each other for 20 years. You couldn't figure out our names by then. All right, all right. Enough enough hurting me. Okay. Um, we have movie, toys, or music artist. Brian, I am feeling music artist. I think you're going to be happy with your selection because you just selected the Fighters of Foo. The Foo oh, Fighters. Yes. Uh, so, oh, we, we got a good story to tell on that episode. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So next time we're going to be sitting down with Paul talking about 
hot lunch and cold lunch, the epic debate from the school cafeteria. I still have Bill Nye. Adam now has the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Dating Ourselves. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. Check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast to learn more about us and the show. Check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send submissions at datingourselvespodcast at AOL.com. We've got mail. <laughs> yeah, we do. In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Yeah, and we're going to post additional content on Facebook, as we have, www.facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast. There's an Instagram account, uh, Dated Ourselves Podcast, and we do the Twitter thing too, at Dated Podcast. And we'd like to give one more shout out to Morden for the 1992 Dream Team topic. Yes, he's on our on our uh, Dating Ourselves Dream Team, I think. He, yes, he is. He, he's our Magic Johnson, <laughs> one of our captains. It's it's me, Brian, Paul, Greg. And Morden. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's our show, folks. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. Later, guys. See you guys. See you.